you've ever wondered about a spendthrift trust in addicts, you come to the right place. I'm pretty sure that you're not going to be expecting the answers I'm going to give you. Hi, my name is Don Thornton. I am a senior trust specialist, and my role is to educate you on the spendthrift trust and everything that has to do with it from A to Z. In this video, I'm going to be talking to you about how the role of the trustee in this trust is so important when dealing with addicts. I'm going to talk to you about the role of beneficiaries, what their rights are and what they can and can't do and why. And then I'm going to also talk about how the discretionary power of the trustee is what can safeguard the trust, its assets, and so forth when dealing with someone who has an addiction that can be self-destructive for them and the assets of the trust, the trust itself. So it's important to understand the role of the trustee when it comes to this trust. So let me just introduce the trust once more. In all my videos, I want to make sure that it's not just a spendthrift trust. The actual name for this trust is the non-grantor, irrevocable, complex, discretionary spendthrift trust. People shorten it to spendthrift trust, but just remember there's five pillars that work in concert to give you know, the power of this trust and all the advantages that uh, we want to have when we invest in a trust. So the trustee is the person that has it holds equitable title to the assets. Okay, that's important to understand. So the, the, the trustee has equitable title to the assets that are sold into the trust. Okay, but the at the trustee does not own them, right? So the trust the trustee has equitable title and manages them for the for on the for the benefit of the of the beneficiaries. Okay, so you know what does that mean? Well, it means that you know the trustee is in a manage is in a management role here and decides you know everything about the trust and how it works and so forth. So um, you know. What you don't want to have is a trustee be the addict. <laughs> of all the people in this trust, you don't want the trustee to be the addict because that the trustee has all the power. So, you know, uh, this comes up a lot in families. So I talked to, uh, you know, a couple of grandma and grandpa, grandmother, grandfather, I should say, uh, very wealthy. And they were talking about the fact that they were worried about including a couple of their grandchildren in the trust as beneficiaries because they were worried that if they got access to the money and the assets they wanted to provide for them at a certain, when they hit a certain age uh, bracket, that that would end up being a destructive thing for them. It would probably kill them, frankly, because we know that addicts, especially, you know, drug addicts, alcohol, anything that, that, that basically harm them or others, that they, that, that's just, that's just like a death sentence because it's just like, no boundaries because they're not going to feel any pain or, you know, they're not going to lose their job or whatever. So that was a big, big worry for them. And, you know, they wanted to make sure that they're, that they're not going to get, um, you know, they're not going to get in trouble. Plus they didn't want to have them piss away their, their, their assets. They worked so hard and to do so, um, you know, that's why that I wanted to make sure that part of the education I provide them was to make sure they understood exactly how this is set up to solve that problem, to prevent that problem from ever happening. And I would say that, you know, if you're looking to invest in a trust, the person you need to vet is the, uh, is the uh, trustee. And so most people 
like say if it's if it's if it's a grandmother and a grandfather, they decide who is going to be the trustee. Now you can have co-trustees, but one one uh, trustee has to have all the power. In this situation, if grandma and grandpa were both co-trustees, one of them would be a trust guardian who has final say over everything, including who to make trustee and who to give the boot to. Okay, so uh, and then they would need now. The tricky part comes when you know, usually like I, I'm a grandfather. OK, I have a, have a, a three and a half year old grandson. I'm 58 years old. So, you know, at some point in time, you know, I'm going to kick the bucket. Now, my wife is 10 years younger than me. So I am designating, designating her as a successor trustee, which means in my case, in the case of my death, then she's a beneficiary now. But she comes forward to be the trustee when I die. So, you know, as long as grandma and grandpa trust that, you know, that 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 uh, one of the kids or whoever they decide is a beneficiary that wants to be a successor trustee, that they're okay, then that's fine. They're going to be okay. Just don't make the addict that way. Of course, you're what happens to that person's fine now, but then becomes an addict. Well, there's not much you can do about that. You'll be dead anyway, right? So um, before we get into deeper uh, issues about death and dying and, and addictions and so forth, uh, let's uh, go to a, a a subject is more more pleasant, which is you should subscribe to this podcast. If you, I mean, a podcast, my YouTube channel. If you have not already subscribed, I please ask you to subscribe. Uh, not only do I want you to get access to my content and to be notified about it, especially if you hit that bell, you'll be notified immediately. But you know what? Listen, it helps me with my with my algorithm and helps helps YouTube show us to more people. So I would appreciate it. It's kind of like a, a win win situation. So please do that. So now I want to talk about the role of the beneficiary in the trust in the, the theme of today's video, which is how does the spinter trust work with someone who's an addict? Okay. So let's talk about the trustee, excuse me, the beneficiary's role in the trust. Now the beneficiary does not own the property. Just remember, understand that the beneficiary does not own the property. The trust itself owns the property. But the beneficiary has the right to get all the benefits that are being derived from the, uh, the, the trust. OK, so we see how this is kind of like the American democracy, how our, our founding fathers set this up. They had checks and balances. It's the same situation here. So the trust owns the property. The trustee manages it and has 100% discretion to manage, to manage the, the assets on the behalf of the beneficiaries. And then the beneficiaries have the rights to the, to the uh, benefits of the uh, uh, assets, but they don't have any right to manage it. In other words, they can't, they can't call both shots. So when we're talking about a beneficiary who is an addict, as we've talked about previously in this video, this concept is really important because let's review the pillars of the trust. It is a non-grantor, irrevocable, complex, discretionary spendthrift trust. So the discretionary powers of this trust uh, for the trustee mean that he or she have 100% power to do whatever is required to manage the assets of the trust, including adding beneficiaries or giving beneficiaries the boot. So that means that the, the beneficiary is not going to get access or power over these assets. So, um, and also one thing you need to know about this trust, 
the tax of it, the tax advantages that you can get by using this trust in, in conjunction with an LLC, for example, uh, in compliance with IRS code 643, one of the stipulations about how capital gains taxes are never have to be paid, they can be deferred forever, and also about how any passive income that comes into the trust can be declared an extraordinary dividend for by the trustee for the, on behalf of the trust, which means that any taxes due there will be deferred in perpetuity as well. Okay, that's the discretionary power there. That all hinges on the fact that the money coming in is allocated to the corpus of the trust, and there are no disbursements to the, to the beneficiaries. So that right there, those two reasons why, if you have a, a beneficiary who is an addict or becomes an addict, as a double whammy, double insurance, they can't get, they cannot get access to these assets and use misuse them and be, to be able to support their addiction. Because number one, the trustee has 100% power, can't, they're not going to disperse. And for the tax reasons, you, you don't, you're going to lose all your tax advantages if as trustee, you allocate uh, the, 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 the income or the, the income coming into the, the trust, into the corpus of the trust, you start dispersing that, then you lose the tax advantages and it's worthless. So those are two big reasons why uh, that's not going to happen and why if you're contemplating getting a, a trust, this trust, the non-grantor irrevocable co complex discretionary spendthrift trust, then you're going to know this is a perfect setup for that situation. And I hope that this gave you lots of value and helped educate you on, you know, what the, what, how this is actually a very good um, scenario for you. And if you have any more questions, please go down to the website in the description or it's somewhere in the social media. So I always have my, my, um, my website there, go there. You can learn more about how this works with, uh, you can download my ebook, you can watch my webinar, and then most importantly, you can schedule a uh, free strategy session with me and we can go over your situation and I can show you how you can sleep well at night knowing that uh, an addictive personality, a beneficiary is not gonna be able to screw your trust up or screw themselves over as well. Thanks.